1: here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half in the right back. Simons in the handoff. Ken cuts to the left. First down and more. 30, 25, 20. Simon on his way. Ken into the end zone. Touchdown Beavers and the streak is going to Tap on target to Boyd Nick. He gets a much better punt away here. Sammy Strader back to his 30-yard line. Starts up the middle. Gets the 40. He's got a seam. 45 midfield. 45, 40. He's got a chance to go. 20, 15, 10, 5. Right. Serlina, making me sick, right? Is to her, she be like, me my men's, trying to get the light.
0: Thinking Welcome to illegal, illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host and the big bald guy behind the grill, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me as always from Twin Pines Vineyards, the director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co host and brother the Beege. How are you doing, Beech? I'm doing good, Billy. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I was just uh, was thinking we needed to uh, get online and talk some Beaver sports. I, I you know, we missed. We t- we said we we're gonna do a show in January.
1: We always suck at that.
0: We didn't, but of course we did go down to Florida for a week. Yes. We didn't do a show in February.
1: It well, is March already, isn't it? It's, today's crap.
0: March first. Yeah, this won't be going out till probably March third. Wow. If you can believe that. So we missed February. So, and I was, it was a great weekend last weekend to be a beeve, and it was just time to record a show.
1: Are we going to be able to tailgate for baseball at all? I or don't know. It's still not allowed.
0: I don't know. Trust me. I was just thinking about that today. So we'll just have to wait and see. I'll try to find out. Okay. I'll talk to Doug and Jana and see if they have any insights. The purpose of illegal participation is for us to talk beaver sports, tailgating, and anything else we find interesting every week and just generally have some fun. I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and most other podcatchers. Get in touch with us, HeinrichTailgater at gmail.com, at HeinrichTailgater on Twitter, and HeinrichTailgater on Facebook. All right, Beej, are you ready to talk some beaver sports news?
1: Yes, do we got a lot to talk about tonight? Bill? We do. Or,
0: oh, good. We do. We do. Um, first up is
1: I, w- I, I, I heard I heard on the news this morning about uh, the uh, girls' basketball well, playing we'll, we'll, the, uh, we'll, game we'll, formerly known as Civil War.
0: We'll talk to every, we'll talk about everything here in a second. We're going to start okay. with women's volleyball.
1: You'll always love women's volleyball, Billy. Are we we're not are we still in that season? Well, because everything going got pushed the- back.
0: Okay. So a lot of the uh, fall sports been pushed back to winter. Okay. so the Oregon State uh, volleyball teams matches last weekend against Stanford, originally scheduled for Friday and Saturday, were canceled due to a combination of injuries and COVID-19 related issues within the Cardinal program. Now, the combination of issues resulted in less than the minimum number of required student athletes being available for competition for Stanford. So the Beavs will be back in action on March 5th at 2 p.m. and March 7th at noon against Cal in Berkeley. Right now, Beej, the beeves are three and seven overall, three and seven in the Pac-12.
1: Mm, okay, so they haven't. Are they going to play any non-conference games?
0: I don't think so. Okay, so that's where they're at. Next no cross Bee-
1: contamination. We're going to keep it in the pack.
0: I guess. I guess you know football <laughs> played, and there's some games that were canceled, but not a lot of problems. High school and football all- was played in the South
1: not a lot of problems. not
0: a lot of problems. So Anyways, up next beach women's soccer how how
1: the girl beeves do.
0: Well, Beach for just the second time in program history, the Oregon State women's soccer team defeated number 3 Stanford 2 to 1 Sunday evening. Now Stanford outshot Oregon State 15 to 6 with a 7 to 3 advantage on shots on goal. But the Beavs' one corner kick of the game resulted in their first goal. Now, capping off a historical weekend for the Beavs, Abby Schwartz and Kalen Fried have been named uh, two of the Pac-12 Players of the Week. So,
1: so we've only beat them twice.
0: Yes, that was the second time ever. How many years have we been playing them? A lot. Wow. Yeah. So, Oregon State is two and two, one and one in the Pac-12, and they'll they'll. Gonna ride this high of beating number three Stanford for the first time since two thousand three.
1: Well, I guess soccer wasn't really a sport until what the late seventies, yeah, and into late
0: seventies, yeah. But still, okay. so only the second, first time since two thousand three. Now still the Bees
1: before forty years of soccer playing.
0: Yeah, the Bees wow. returned to play with a road trip to USC on Friday, March fifth, and UCLA on Sunday, March seventh. Hmm. So, looking good there. Yeah. Next up is men's soccer. Okay. So, Beebs, last weekend, the number 13-ranked Oregon State men's soccer team topped UCLA 2-1 Saturday afternoon to move to 5-0 on the season and 2-0 in the Pac-12. Now, the Beavs fell behind early, but were able to battle back from behind second-half goals from Sofane Javal and Javier Armas. Um, The perfect record through five games matches the best start in Oregon State men's soccer history, tying the 2015 squad.
1: I remember that year.
0: Yep. And as of Monday, the Beavs are ranked eighth in top drawer soccer and will be back in action uh, this weekend when Cal visits Lorenz Field. That match has been moved to Saturday at 6 p.m. after previously being scheduled for Sunday.
1: Why would they move it?
0: Any reason? Probably for TV. Okay. They're constantly moving things because some games can be played, other games can't. So So
1: they, they they play soccer on Sundays? Yeah. I didn't know that.
0: Yep. And so but so they're moving stuff around and since they don't have to really worry about accommodating fans at mm-hmm. the, the events, they'll just move them on a whim.
1: Oh, that's kind of nice.
0: Yeah. Yes and no. Well, yeah,
1: I mean, so, nice have yeah, so fans the re- there, but if so, they don't, they can adjust them.
0: So men's soccer five and zero, ranked eighth. That's pretty great.
1: Yeah, pretty cool. I mean, you know, for soccer and all.
0: Yeah. Next up, beach. We have uh, wrestling. Ooh, wrestling. Mm-hmm. It's
1: so weird to talk about this. I, I just, I don't feel like we're in the right time of the year. Well,
0: we're not. <laughs> well, normally this would be the time that the uh, wrestling team would be. Uh, Winding down? Winding down, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're in the right time of the year. Okay. So, Beavs, so, the Oregon State wrestling team finished the 2021 Pac-12 Wrestling Championships in second place on Sunday at Gill Coliseum. The Beavs posted a team score of 123.0, only trailing Arizona State, who won it all, uh, scoring 138. Now, for Oregon State... Um, Number 20, Devin Turner, and number 14-ranked Grant Willets became the 27th and 28th Pac-12 individual champions in the program. Both wrestlers also earned their second individual title of their careers, making them just the 7th and 8th athletes in school history with multiple Pac-12 titles. Now, OSU had four Beavers, uh, 20th-ranked Devin Turner at 133, 14th-ranked Grant Willets at 141, 12th-ranked Hunter Willets at 157, and 30th ranked J.J. Dixon at 197 qualify for the 2021 NCAA Wrestling Championships on March March 18th to 20th in St. Louis, Missouri.
1: Hey Billy, just I I had a visual here and just had to. Have you ever been to a, one of the wrestling meets <laughs> years ago? So I don't mean to sound stupid, but I've never I never thought I, it just occurred to me they're in Gill Coliseum. You said, uh huh? So. Do they put up I'm, – I'm picturing in my mind like the whole um, – Karate Kid? Dan, exactly, Danny LaRusso, where there's a mat set in the middle of it and they, you know, they're play, competing for the All-Valley. Is that how it's done or are there multiple mats set up and multiple challenges going well, on? Yeah,
0: in, in the in the preliminaries, yes.
1: Okay, but then when you get to the finals, then, then yes. there's one center. Yeah, when center, you get
0: down to like center. the quarters and stuff, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah. but so it's a little bit like the All-Valley. A little bit. All right, as soon cool. as you
0: started talking, I knew that's what you were talking about.
1: <laughs> that's what I totally calling. I'm like, I'm a fan of this whole... It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Hey, by the way, Cobra Kai is a freaking phenomenal show.
0: I watched all three seasons.
1: It's it's so good.
0: <laughs> it's so much better than I thought it was going to be. You know, It's phenomenal.
1: Yeah, and it's, there's, there's, like, characters that you, like, it, it's kind of like Breaking Bad in a way, like you told me. You know, there's some characters, like, you hate, and then you kind of, like, sympathize with them. Yeah. And then you you feel sorry for them, and then you hate them again, and then you love them. And yeah, yeah, Johnny's that way, you know? Yeah. It, it's, I mean, and actually, Johnny, in, in a lot of ways, in the first couple seasons, you're almost, your heart bleeds for him more than it does for uh, Danny.
0: I still, I still bleed, my heart bleeds for him. And you yeah. even, you even yeah. feel bad for, uh, oh, what's his name? Um the main leader guy of Cobra Kai. Um, oh. I can't think of his name. Hawk? No. The old guy who comes back.
1: Oh, yeah. And, and you briefly do.
0: Yeah, well, because you feel bad for him because, you know, he, they show him his, his war, what happens to him in the war and stuff. Yeah. 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 So you just you feel kind of bad for him.
1: We're, we're kind of all products of our environment and what, what yeah. creates us, I guess, exactly. is what defines exactly. us as. So, but anyways, so, but if you guys haven't watched
0: great show. Yeah, it's on uh, Netflix. Yeah, and they're filming a fourth season right now.
1: Yeah, you know the the cool thing too on that was uh, the one guy who was in the movie, who was one of the Cobra Kai guys, who actually just recently passed away of cancer, and they brought him into the show.
0: Mm-hmm. They brought kind of cool. they've brought a ton of people back.
1: Yeah, and and they, yeah, and it's and it's been done. It doesn't feel forced very much. No, it feels kind of natural. Yeah. And, and and each each episode or so, they just kind of—it's like, dude. And and it's crazy to think of how long ago it's been, you know. When you look at some of the people they brought in, mm-hmm. and like going, "Oh my gosh, she looks like an old man now."
0: Well, or she looks like a a woman now.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: The little girl. Oh yeah, crazy. Yeah, did you see that part? Because that, that, that was the same girl.
1: Yeah. So, no, they brought them all back. I mean, oh, they, I know. It's, yeah.
0: it's crazy. And, and Elizabeth's shoe still looks amazing. Oh, yeah. I'm wondering so. if they're going to bring back the, uh, uh, I think, the the one guy from part three mm-hmm. who's his buddy, the tall, skinny guy. Yeah. I think that was the guy in the, the Army flashbacks.
1: Well, and who was, uh, wasn't in number three, that was the one gal, the little red-haired gal. Was his girlfriend? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we haven't even touched on that one yet.
0: No. Uh
1: oh, so but anyways. I thought she was really hot. Yep. She was in a couple of specials for uh, on the Disney Channel back in the day too. Yep. All right. Uh so
0: um wrestling going to the national championships. I've,
1: I've always had a thing for redheads though.
0: Yep. Um we've got a little bit of women's gymnastics to talk about.
1: Ooh, gymnastics, okay.
0: Yeah, the Oregon State women's gymnastics team improved upon its season best score. With a 196.5 and a close loss against number 13 UCLA on Saturday afternoon, the Bees claimed team victory on the vault and beam while losing the floor by just 0.125. OSU combined for 49.325 in the vault, beating the Bruins by a tenth of the point, and a 49.15 on beam. Wow. Yep. So you the Bees the Be- the Bees are now two and four overall. And next up will be at, ooh, home on Friday versus Utah. Mm. And what's the what's Utah called? The Utes? Nope, not the women's gymnastics team. They're the Red Rocks.
1: Why are they the Red Rocks?
0: I don't know, because that's what they're called. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Are
1: Utes, Utes male?
0: Uh, let me see. I'm going to look it up right now. we will give you a... Huh.
1: I mean, that would be my only guess, you know?
0: Oh, dang it. So Utah Red Rocks. It's also known as the Red Rocks. Represents the University of Utah. Wow. So here you go, Beach. The Utah gymnastics team first competed in 76, right? The team first appeared on television in 78 and has appeared on TV every year since then. The NCAA first sponsored women's gymnastics national championships in 1982. Utah is the so only team this, to qualify.
1: It's like a club, club sport?
0: Yeah. Utah is the only team to qualify for every national championship that has been held. Isn't that so, crazy? does this
1: answer why they're called the Red Rocks?
0: I'm um, looking for it.
1: I wasn't talking to you on my phone. I just asked Google.
0: Why is Utah Gymnastics called the Red Rocks? In 1993, the Utah Gymnastics team released a marketing campaign that featured the Utah, excuse me, that featured the Ute gymnasts greased up and flexing. It was the first sign of the Red Rocks. Utah co-head coach Megan Marsden said, we did a little bit of a play with our gymnasts and how rock solid they are, but also the Red Rock of Southern Utah. So the actual okay. Red Rocks of Southern Utah. So it's kind of a combination uh, name that takes in the part of our country that has beautiful Red Rocks and the plateaus and then our gymnastics and their rock solid muscles.
1: So, and and it's only the gymnastics team that's called the Red
0: Rocks? At the time, the women's athletics teams were all using the moniker of the Lady Utes, and that didn't sit well with the gymnastics team or its coaches. Feeling that Lady Utes was a little behind the times, the team set to find a new nickname. The basketball team had its own new nickname um, in the running Utes, so the gymnastics team thought they could have their own two. That's where the Red Rocks were born. Took a while to catch on, starting with the gymnastics team, but... Before appearing in slogans and apparel and eventually becoming well known around the valley. Hmm. So there you
1: go. The and Beavers used to be known as the Black Bandits of Benton County.
0: I still got a shirt that says that. All right, Beach. So, but they're two and four, but um, gymnastics is weird because. Y- yeah, you lose, but it's more based on your scores.
1: So, so it just is accumulative?
0: Yeah, it's more looked at how your, your scores play out.
1: It's like bowling.
0: Yeah. So um, it looks like they've got two meets left. They've got Utah this Friday and then next week at Stanford. All right, Beach. Now it's time to talk some women's basketball.
1: Mm, all right, let's talk about the ladies.
0: Well, Beach, the ladies last weekend played in the rivalry game, formerly known as the Civil War. What what what, what did it used to be called, Billy? The Civil War. Uh, one more time, please. Uh, it was formerly known as the Civil War.
1: Okay, good. Civil War yeah. is what it was called before, but it's not called the Civil War now, right? Uh, we
0: can call it whatever the hell we want.
1: But but the university doesn't want us to use the word Civil War, right? Yeah. So we're not going to call it the civil war anymore. Some people are going to, yeah, we'll just call it the rivalry game, formerly known as the civil war. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Because we need to take those stereotypes often. Cause I mean, it hurts a lot of people because, you know, I think there's a couple people that might've had like great, 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 great grandparents that actually fought in the civil war. And it still bugs them to this day over their family members that they never knew who died in the civil war.
0: Yeah, I, we didn't have anybody fought in the Civil War, I don't think.
1: No, our families all came over in the early 1900s, yeah. late 1800s, yeah. yeah.
0: All right, so Beavs, the Oregon State women's basketball team, earned its second straight road win over a ranked opponent as the Beavs took down number 14 Oregon 88-77 to 77 Sunday afternoon in Eugene.
1: Sounds like, they kind of like, suck it, bitches. Yep. Okay, go ahead.
0: With the win, Oregon State has now won three straight <laughs> games and six of its last seven. Uh, Aaliyah, so, what?
1: How are they looking in the pack?
0: Well, Beach, Aaliyah Goodwin had another impressive outing going for 20 points on 8 for 13 shooting to go with four assists. Freshman Sasha Goforth knocked down all nine of her three-throw attempts to put up 17 points. Taya Corsdale went four for five from beyond the arc to end the contest with 14 points. Ellie Mack also put up 14 points, including an important four-point play down the stretch. Taylor Jones narrowly missed a double-double, finishing with 11 points and nine rebounds, and freshman Talia, Talia Van Olhofen rounded out six beavers and double figures, recording 10 points. Now, Beach, uh, a lot of people haven't, I don't know if you know this, this Talia Van Ohlhofen is should be a senior in high school right now. Really? She had signed with the Bees, but her high school team wasn't playing. Mm-hmm. So she basically said, screw this. I'm graduating early and going to OSU because this year doesn't count.
1: So it's a free year.
0: It's basically a free year. So she was getting free time. So I think she's played in six or ten games now.
1: And she's looking good.
0: And she's playing phenomenally well. Really helped the beeves out too.
1: Really Where did she come beefs- from?
0: Um I can't remember. You ask me this kind of stuff all the time.
1: I know, I think it makes it it brings on interest for our audience and they, I ask the questions they're thinking. They're probably sitting there listening to the podcast right now with their beards on. They're probably buds on. They're probably thinking, God, I wonder what high school she came from. And they channeled through me to you. It's pretty impressive. Really.
0: So her first game was just a month ago. Signed and decided to come early. Pasco, Washington. Hmm. Very yip, nice. Yip, yip. Uh, Chiawana High School. Hmm. So there you go. Anyways, Beach. Um, so after that win, which the Beeves won down there against, uh, what did I say, 8th ranked Oregon? 14th ranked Oregon?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 14th.
0: Yep. Um, the, after that win, the Beeves will head to Las Vegas. They're actually left uh, Monday for the Pac 12 tournament, which will tip off on a Wednesday. Oregon State will start um, with a game against Utah as long as Utah can play. They've been having some COVID issues. Some
1: Rona issues?
0: Yeah. Now, Oregon State's had two different Rona issues during the year where they've missed games at two different times. So, hopefully they don't have that issue anymore. Hmm. But then, Beads, this week, Oregon State standouts Aaliyah Goodman and Taylor Jones both earned all Pac-12 honors, the conference announced on Monday. Goodman and Jones um, – were also both tabbed as Pac-12 All-Defensive Honorable Mentions, while Sasha Goforth was named to the All-Freshman team and received Defensive Honorable Mention, and Beach Freshman Talia Van Olhoffen was named an All-Freshman Honorable Mention, which is pretty damn amazing because she only played like six games. Wow. Yep. Now, Goodman earned Pac-12 Player of the Week as well as ESPNW National Player of the Week on February 22nd just a couple of weeks ago she's leading the bees mm-hmm. with 16.8 points and 5 assists per game Goodman is leading the Pac-12 and is second in the nation at three-point percentage. She's currently 19th on Oregon State's career scoring list and is third on the Pac-12's three-point list. This is Goodman's first all-Pac-12 honor and her second Pac-12 defensive honorable mention. Now, Taylor Jones was named to the McLean Award preseason watch list. She's averaging 12.1 points and 8.7 rebounds per game. She's the Pac-12 leader in field goal percentage at 59% and also leads the conference in rebounds. She's third in the Pac-12 with 1.7 blocks per game. Go forth earned Pac-12 Freshman of the Week honors twice this season. She's averaging 12.2 points and 3.5 rebounds per game and is shooting 40.4% from the floor. She scored in double figures nine times this season, including 17 points on Sunday against Oregon. Van Oelhofen was named Pac-12 Freshman of the Week on February 22nd. The guard is averaging 11.6 points per game and is shooting 47% from the floor since joining the Beeves in January. Over the course of her eight games, sorry, eight, Van Ohlhofen is 15 for 31 from beyond the arc and has a total of 23 assists. Fantastic. It's amazing. So she has really sparked the bees.
1: So one of my questions, Billy, is so if this season doesn't count against your eligibility, Mm -hmm. does that not mean we're going to kind of have a
0: bottleneck of players? That can happen, yes. But that doesn't mean everyone's going to come back, though.
1: True, true. But it, yeah, it just just seems to me like, and if that, and that's the case across all sports, correct?
0: Um, I believe so. Yes.
1: Including football. Yes. So yeah, so you could see because you're limited on how many players you have, you could see a bottleneck, yep. correct? That. that but you know, I also or you could s- see a shortage of uh, a shortage of um, scholarships. Scholarships.
0: Possibly, but I also think that you're going to see a lot of people. Um. There's going to be a lot of people that are just going to be. You know their time's done. They're ready to move on to the next step in life. Yeah, yeah. So. All right, Beach. Next up, men's basketball. And how are Tinkle and the boys doing? Well, Beach, Jared Lucas scored a career high twenty six points to lead Oregon State to a seventy three sixty two victory over Stanford on Saturday afternoon at Maples Pavilion down in Palo Alto. The it, Beavs, it's been a
1: rough, rough, rough week for. The Cardinal hasn't. Yeah.
0: The Beeves also defeated Cal 59-57 to on Thursday and completed the Bay Area road sweep with Saturday's win over the Cardinal. Now, it's just the second time the Beeves have swept a conference road trip since taking both games against the Golden Bears in Stanford in 2008-2009. Oregon State swept Colorado in Boulder and Utah in Salt Lake City in 2018-2019.
1: Hey uh, Billy, I saw uh, on Pure Orange. So I, I don't get on there very often, but I occasionally it pops up on my feed. Mm-hmm. And they were some people knocked Tinkle, and some people were defending Tinkle on that. Is they said, well, he, you know, he hasn't, he he hasn't done what he should have done, but he's done better than what his predecessors have done. Mm-hmm. Ha, ha, what what's your take on on Tinkle? He's in a. a
0: ve- it's like this with a lot of sports in the Pac-12. Things are loaded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, you're, you're in the Pac-12. You're competing against Arizona, UCLA, USC. Very,
1: very consistently strong and established, yeah. well-coached, well-managed teams.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the problem that Tinkle has had is that most of his great recruits have been coaches' kids. Mm-hmm. his own son, um, the two uh, Thompson brothers. Mm-hmm. So, but he's got some promising players coming in. The big thing is he needs them to stick around more than a year.
1: Have they not been?
0: He brings in some touted guys, but they never work out well, and then they leave. Gotcha. Which is part of the problem with college athletics right now, but, you know, it's kind of biting him in the butt too.
1: Well, and when you're gonna when we start paying players, are they gonna stay or are they gonna go to the next best offer?
0: That's we'll we'll see when that whole can of worms gets opened.
1: Yeah. Or, or, or are you gonna be signing contracts for these kids?
0: Uh uh-huh.
1: I mean, like here you're gonna get a signing bonus? you gonna get a, a longevity bonus? what what is gonna be interesting?
0: Yep. But Beach, in that game against Stanford, Lucas went seven of eleven from the field, two for three from beyond the arc, and ten for eleven from the free throw line for his 26 points. Now, it's the third time he scored 20-plus points in his two-year Oregon State career, all coming against Stanford. He had a career-best three steals also. Uh, now, Beej, the Beeves will play their final regular season road game against Utah at 4 p.m. on Wednesday in Salt Lake City. That game will be televised nationally on ESPNU. Hmm, cool. And then next week, Beej, will be the Pac-12 tournament. Okay. And I think the beeves are kind of... They really need to to win out probably or move quite a ways in the Pac-12 tournament if they want to make a make it to the uh, March Madness. Yeah. Hey, now still, there's a lot still, there's I'm a lot still, of things that came out today that said the women's basketball team who are actually ranked back again in the top 25 for the first time in two months that with the uh, win over Oregon they probably cemented themselves in March Madness.
1: Good deal. Yeah. Didn't didn't they cancel March Madness last year?
0: Yeah. Um. Actually, the Beavs, the men's team, were playing at the Pac-12 tournament in Vegas uh, on Wednesday, the 11th. And Lucas hit the final shot of the game for the Beavs to beat Utah, I believe. Mm-hmm. And that was the last game they played because everything got canceled oh. after that.
1: Just called it right then and there.
0: Mm-hmm. So anyways, wow. mm. so that's where we're at. Okay. There's a wrap. Bees, there's a little bit of football news. Okay. More football stadium news. An anonymous donor has made a historic $50 million league gift to transform Oregon State University's research stadium into a nation-best in-class football facility with year-round programs and facilities for all OSU students, faculty, and staff. When approved, construction will begin immediately following the 2021 football season to enable the project to be completed for the start of OSU's 2023 football season. OSU will continue to play at research Stadium during construction. Now, the project involves the complete demolition and rebuilding of the west side of research Stadium and the construction of year-round university facilities, including a new state-of-the-art interactive welcome center for new students considering attending OSU, new health center facilities for Corvallis campus students, Healthcare facilities for OSU faculty and staff, and additional meeting space for university students, faculty, and staff. Hmm. So it would kind of be like when they rebuilt the east side um, where they start demolition as soon as the season's over. Mm-hmm and work and try to get as much done so that they can host the season there as they're building around it and then finish it up over that next year.
1: But just get the seat, but have it functional so their seats there. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. What does that mean for our seats? I don't know.
1: I don't know. I just hope we get seat backs. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. And wider rows, a little bit wider rows. That'd, that'd be, be good. Nice. Mm-hmm. And maybe a permanent Qdoba as opposed to one that works out
0: of a tent. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. That's the little things. Mm. Hey, Billy. Uh, beige up next is softball. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're a, we're a, there's, there's a lot of sports news, I told you. There is a lot of yeah. sports news. So beige the Oregon State softball I team. I thought you said this is going to be a short one tonight. And we're going to have to put in filler. No. Uh, <laughs> the Oregon State softball team fought hard for the win, but uh, it was all for naught against number three, Arizona. Uh, when uh, they lost 3-2 to two in an eight-inning victory on Sunday afternoon. Now, head coach Laura Berg was, quote, very proud of the way the team competed, um, but they still lost. Um, the bees are now 6-2, and two, and they head to Colorado next weekend for the Colorado Classic.
1: How did they die in eight innings?
0: Well, because uh, it went to extra innings. Oh, okay. No, it's softball, Beach.
1: Uh, how many innings does a softball game have?
0: You son of a bitch i want to say it's, softball before my I life. I want to say
1: it's seven. I just know it's a big-ass ball, and I know
0: those women can whip that. Soft seven pitch. innings, yeah. They play seven innings.
1: Oh. Remember you telling me one time the statistic that sometimes you have to start swinging before the ball's even pitched. Yeah. Because some of those gals throw it so fast.
0: Oh, yeah. It's faster than hell. <laughs> and they do that softball weird... Have you ever my, seen how they do that... on my ass. Yeah. Have you ever seen how they do that weird <laughs> slap bunting? No. Where it looks like the gal especially left-handed batters where they start moving in the batter's box as the ball's coming and oh, they yeah? slap it down. Oh, it's weird looking. It's weird looking. But it has oh, to be like a left-handed batter because they kind of loop in the batter's box towards the mm-hmm. ball. So they hit it as they're basically getting ready to step out of the batter's box. Okay. It's odd.
1: And and, and they can make it to first?
0: Yeah. That's huh. weird. Have look, I'll have to show you a, a, a video of it. All right, Beach. All right. So, And finally tonight, we have a little baseball news. God, this has been long. Yeah, it's a long one. That's what she said. <laughs> That's... Andy Armstrong and Troy Klontz each homered, and Jacob Melton drove in the game-winning run in the eighth inning to send the Beavers to a 4-2 win over Grand Canyon at Brazell Field at GCU Ballpark on Sunday. Now, Oregon State's win sent the Beavers to a sweep of the four-game series. OSU also improved to 7-1 on the team's eighth-game trip to open the 2021 season. Now, the comeback win marked the Beavs' second of the series. OSU won Game 2, 3-1, thanks to a ninth-inning three-run rally on Friday night. Now, Oregon State returns to Corvallis to open an 11-game homestand. The Beavs host BYU in a three-game series that starts this Thursday, beach at 5.30 p.m. And as of Monday, the Beavs entered the top 25 rankings at number 19 in the USA Today, number 29 in the D1 Baseball, and number, actually, number 20 in D1 Baseball, and number 21 in Collegiate Baseball.
1: Okay. So we're in the top 25.
0: Yeah. So, looking right. good. Cool. Looking good. Hey, Billy. Yes, Beach. Hey, Billy, hold on. Darn teletype here. Billy. Yes, Beach.
1: This just in. Eugene Bartender's question the 3,000% proposed tax hike on beer and wine. The mm-hmm. new law, the the new potential law would increase the tax on a cake of beer from two currently the $2.60 to $72.60 and on a bottle of wine from $0.65 cents to $10.65. Eugene bartenders already struggle competing against the surplus of marijuana in town.
0: <laughs> no doubt.
1: So anyway, yeah, in, interesting on this. The, the state legislature thinks that we don't pay enough, uh, enough on, our, uh, on our alcohol. Yeah, no doubt. 3,000%. So, it, it's enough? just, it's, you know, and, and I feel like this whole thing is done while everybody's eating, at, eating and drinking and doing everything at home and the bars are closed. They forgot what they've been paying for a bottle of, of wine or whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or, a, or a, a pint of beer. And so then when they come back, they will think that the business just inflated the pricing, not realizing that it was the government that jacked it up. Because if the j- government jacked it up overnight with a tax, everybody would see it. Mm-hmm. But because it's going to go up over a period of a year, according to, you know, the last time you were actually able to go to a bar and enjoy it for, for the vast majority of us. Um it's like the it's like the classic McDonald's uh, McRib scenario. Yep. And we've got, we've talked about the McRib before, haven't we on here?
0: About how they bring the McRib out when they're going to raise their prices.
1: Yeah, because everybody gets distracted by the McRib, so they stop buying their Big Mac Value Meal, and then after the McRib goes away, they go back to the Big Mac Value Meal, not realizing that that McDonald's jacked up the price. Yep. It's the big look over here at my left hand. My my right hand is in your pocket. Yep. So
0: yep 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 okay. yeah Any so right, seventy just... so it's going up seventy dollars there's a hundred and twenty some odd pints in a keg of beer so I imagine what most pieces are going to do is probably just raise the prices seventy five cents to a buck
1: but forget but but hey also Billy think about this and I don't know if this is the case but I'd, I'd want to check into it but now you have your corporate activities tax right yep
0: so which which is over... a corporate sales tax
1: exactly so now. Your beer that you are charging now an additional dollar for to your consumer, just to cover the cost of the new tax on the beer, you mm-hmm. also have to pay uh, uh, about a half percent or uh, budget, point but five percent or point mm-hmm. no, zero five percent, right? Something like that. Of sales tax on that beer.
0: Mm-hmm. So you because actually have to on... raise
1: it by more than the cost of the tax because you're going to be taxed on, on the tax exactly. as part of your gross sales. Exactly. Because You can't break out that tax. You have to just include it in the gross sales of the product, so therefore it gets charged against you on your cat tax.
0: And that's the thing about that, too, is they're charging you with that corporate sales tax, which they don't call the sales tax, but that's what it is. Mm -hmm. It's not done on your net profits. It's done on your gross.
1: Yeah, and you don't get an exempt on your taxes, so you're paying tax Mm -hmm. on your tax. Correct. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know the the state it's of Oregon. It's just like the state has,
0: of Oregon. You know, people that got the stimulus money, mm-hmm. they're getting taxed oh, on yeah. that.
1: Yeah, the feds give it to you in the in the state of Oregon. so that's why the the state of Oregon's like, yeah, give them more, give them more, give them more. Oh yeah, because they're taxed. Not only does yeah, not only does it give money to spend in the state, but then we they get it, they get it, and what are they well, going to take twenty well, percent out? of it?
0: And then they talk about that tax on the beer. They're like, well, we want it to pay for, uh, you know. Uh, Underage drinking and all this and kind reco- of crap.
1: Recovery, recovery. Yeah. Uh, and
0: that, it's crap. It, it's not earmarked for anything. It goes right into the general fund. They, they pull just this. Say,
1: We'd like it to go there. We'd like well, it we're
0: going to use so, it for this. Yeah, sure you are. You put it in the general fund. It, it doesn't get earmarked for anything.
1: It just goes in the just, general fund, and then It's more it money just goes for them to, them to spend. The massive. Yep, more massive amount of money, and, and they're already over again, the legacy costs of their purse program
0: is already taken hey, them into. Hey, the I, I think they should solve it. Like they've solved other problems. You what know, do they do well, cause they've solved other problems and they say, well, we've got too much of this. So, you know, we're just not going to look at it anymore. Well, if there's too much underage drinking, just lower the drinking age.
1: Now it's solved the problem. Solve the problem. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we, we no longer have a marijuana. We no longer have illegal use of marijuana.
0: No, we no anymore. longer have, have, uh, you know, they're, they're just, they got rid of the penalties for. What's messed up is oh, if you you're could... underage, you are better off getting popped for an illicit drug than alcohol. Really? Oh, yeah. If you're. If oh, it, because you can keep have drugs on say, you and they let, don't charge you. Let's say there's two 17 year olds sitting on a couch. One is doing heroin, one is, is drinking a beer. The cops show up. The one that's doing heroin. He gets a, he gets a, a, a violation, mm-hmm. and as long as he can pay the fees, nothing happens. If he's drinking beer, he's getting arrested, his parents are getting contacted, he's going to have to go into diversion. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Kind of messed up, isn't it? It's really
1: messed We're up. We're going to
0: get political on here, but that's just the way it is. And, and it's not that I, I – and I'm not necessarily well. I'm torn on a lot of things because I'm pretty libertarian when it comes to this crap. It's yeah. your body, do with it what you want. I don't care. I don't. It's yours.
1: But, I'll try to persuade you not. I'll try to persuade you not to.
0: Yeah, I
1: think you're. But, I think but, you're a
0: moron. I yeah, told. I told. Exactly. I've told the boys, you do that shit, I will beat the piss out of you. Well, well it's, I, it's not I, a threat. It's a promise.
1: I, I've always felt excessive drug use. Uh, Really, any drug use and excessive alcohol use is a waste of waste of potential humanity. Yeah, yeah, because you have all this potential to be something great, mm-hmm. and you choose to waste it because you want to zone out. Yeah, and and that one that that's what pisses me off the most is you, yeah. you got all this God-given potential to you, and you waste it because you make bad choices. And that yeah. that's really my biggest disappointment in drugs. Yep, yeah. you know, yeah. do do what you want but it disappoints me because you could have been something great. Yep. And instead you're going to be even less than mediocre.
0: Yep. So anyways, but yeah, that's how, that's how messed up that is when it comes right down to it. So. Okay. Well, moving on, we,
1: we have now have our, our musical interlude, correct, Billy?
0: Yeah. Cause I do not have a Tommy Tuberville today. That's disappointing. I'm sorry. Hey, so, so
1: going back, I'm going to take this back to 2006. Okay. Do you remember the term well, that I used? Oh,
0: we're, we're, we were doing, we no, no, I'm defining it. We're getting okay, there.
1: Okay. Nine, 2006. Where did we go?
0: We went to, I don't know. Where did we go?
1: We went back for a wedding.
0: No, that was 2005. Was it 2005? I think, wasn't it? I thought it was 2006. Y- you are right because Gunner was born. So yeah, 2006. No, No. 2005, because I didn't know I was diabetic yet. Oh, okay. All
1: right, 2005. 2005. Away, 2005. <laughs> okay, 2005. Where did we go, Billy? We went to Cedar Point. And what was I on the hunt for the whole time in Cedar Point? Boobs?
0: <laughs> Close. I don't know. Um, uh, Hot. Oh, yeah. Bitches. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, so... I, we, you and I discussed earlier that our theme, because last year our theme was drinking, wasn't it? Alcohol, well, alcohol. The,
0: the first part of this season had been oh. alcohol. But yes, we're, we're tired of that, so we're going to change it.
1: Yes. Well, I, I like to think we do it for the year. Okay. So and does that sound – January 1st, we change, even though we don't do a podcast until March. <laughs> sure. So, so anyway, so we decided because gender is such an important thing uh, apparently right now. I never thought it was a big issue, but <laughs> <laughs> some people don't even know what the hell they are. But we are going to pick songs by Hot Wet Bitches, and this is women who don't have penises, to clarify, mm-hmm. since that is also seems to be a thing right now. So anyway, women with vaginas, we are picking out songs that they have sung, and I think we should keep it to mostly like rock songs. Oh, correct? yeah, I
0: agree. I agree.
1: Okay. Chicks that rock. Chicks that rock. Chicks with no dicks that rock. (laughs) Okay. So I was pondering this one today because there's a lot, you know. I mean, they always say that rock music is dominated by men. And when you really look at it, it really isn't. Um, But I was trying to think. And then also, so I was was going through a few songs, and this one kind of seems appropriate for the recent happenings in, in the world. So, released in October 1982, this song was written by the band's lead singer, Chrissy Hind. It's a reflection on her city uh, growing up, uh, the city that she grew up in, and how it had changed over the years.
0: You're a bastard.
1: She talks about... What?
0: You're a bastard.
1: Why? Because sus- I know 20- I know
0: what you're doing. No, I know what you're doing. Go ahead.
1: Uh, okay. She talks about uh, how Howard Street... The historic center of Akron was leveled to make way for an urban plaza with three skyscrapers and two parking decks. Um, This. So I'd never heard this song before. And honestly, this uh, before the point that I'm going to start talking Um, and this band is not one of my favorite bands. Uh, They're okay if they're on the radio. I won't turn them off like I would if it was Rush. Uh, the band Rush. Yeah, can't I, I'm not guy. a big band, a big oh, Rush fan, too. I freaking hate Rush. Like, hate them with a passion. Yeah. Like, I can't tell. Speaking of Chicks with Dicks, I can never tell if it's a man or a woman singing in Rush. Honest to yeah. God. It's the so only terrible.
0: song by them I kind of like is Tom Sawyer. A freaking little bit. Canadians. But yeah. are about they the... Canadians? Yeah, they're Canadian. Yeah, they suck. Yeah, but I, it's funny. People are like, you don't like Rush? No, oh
1: no. No, terrible.
0: Maybe I used to hate you Red. too until I saw him in concert. You
1: know, there's I'm not a huge YouTube fan, but there's a couple of songs that I like, like uh, uh, what you yeah, uh, still haven't found what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm.
0: I saw them in and, concert because Colleen wanted to go see him. And I was mm-hmm. like, eh, OK, some in concert, great concert. Really? And, you know, you know and uh, Bono has gotten off all this kind of political crap. He's kind of melded out as he's gotten older on that. Yeah, and I really enjoyed mm-hmm. him. And to know that they're guys that went to school together. And they're still friends and playing. I think that's kind of cool.
1: That is kind of cool. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But
0: anyways, okay. But yeah, I hate Rush too.
1: Okay. So anyway, well, this song, before I even knew what this song was, the the, the song actually it takes me back to my, my two terms before I dropped out at Oregon State. Because I was a huge fan of the Rush Limbaugh show and the beginning chords of this song is what Rush used to introduce his his uh, show. And Rush actually started using the song all the way back when he started on radio back in 1984, so just two years after the song came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's what's kind of funny is she wrote it because she had become uh, uh, kind of an environmentalist, mm-hmm. and uh, Rush s- said he took it because he, uh, he thought it was more funny of a conservative using such an anti-conservative song. But he actually, more or less, he liked it because of its unmistakable and totally recognizable baseline. Mm-hmm. So, But here's the funny thing. In 1999, Rolling Stone magazine reported that according to Heinz's manager, Limbaugh had neither licensed the song nor asked permission to use it. According to Rolling Stone, EMI took action after Limbaugh told a pair of reporters in 1997 that it was icing on the cake, that it was written by an environmentalist, Animal Rights Wacko. And was an anti-conservative song. It is an anti-development, anti-capitalist, and here I am going to take a liberal song and make fun of liberals at the same time. EMI issued a cease and assist request that Limbaugh stop using the song, which he did. When Hind found out during a radio interview, she said that her uh, found out uh, during a radio interview she said that her parents loved and listened to Limbaugh, and she did not mind its use. A usage payment was agreed upon, which she donated to PETA. She later wrote to the organization saying in light of Rush Limbaugh's vocal support of PETA's campaign against the EPA's foolish plan to test some 3,000 chemicals on animals, I have decided to allow him to keep my song, My City Was Gone, as his signature tune. So I think it's kind of funny that the money he paid went to actually promote two liberal organizations fighting one another. Hmm. So nothing funnier than PETA fighting the EPA. Yeah. So, so anyway, um, uh, so yeah, so there you go. Uh, in case you hadn't guessed already, uh, this is "My City Was Gone" by The Pretenders, and also used as the intro to the Rush Limbaugh radio show, which, uh, due to the passing of Rush Limbaugh over the last what week and a half, a couple weeks ago. ago yeah. Yeah. So kind of a fitting tribute, whether you loved him, whether you hated him. Um, I think he got America to think and he got people to talk about political ideas and hopefully solidify why you believe what you believe or question why you believe what you believe. Because anything that makes you think is a good thing. So here you go. My City Was Gone by The Pretenders. The
0: Pretenders <laughs>
1: I stood on the back porch There was nobody home I was stunned
0: and amazed My childhood memories Sort of swirled past Like the wind through the trees Hey, That's why I called you a bastard beads. Cause I knew where you were going with that. Well, you know, as soon as so you said was, Chrissy Hind, I'm like, Oh, I know what he's doing.
1: <laughs> well, you know, it was funny because I was trying to figure out some songs and it's, you know, and I know it probably sounds stupid, but when I'm thinking of my song, I want to pick something that our audience can listen to either and kind of be enlightened or enjoy, you know, mm-hmm. um, either something that, you know, I think is, is this something that I would listen to a podcast and I would want to listen to all the way through, uh, would I want to listen to the lyrics and actually hear what's being said? Is the tune good that I can nod my head to it? All these things go through my mind, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I try to figure out, because I figure we got a broad variety of, well, the one person that listens to us.
0: Uh, <laughs> Freaking Kyle. I hate you, Kyle.
1: <laughs> of, what, uh, of what sounds good. And when I was going through it, I came to this one and I thought, you know what? This is a good song. Uh, the the lyrics are That's interesting.
0: Great song. And it's, it's very recognizable. I-
1: yeah, and it's got a great bass line in it, and it's it's just interesting. And and I thought, you know, when I've heard it before, I didn't realize, Um, you, you know, you listen to m- lyrics, and sometimes you're thinking maybe they're just making up stuff as they go so it rhymes mm-hmm. or sounds good or has the right syllables. Uh, but, yeah, I had no idea that Howard Street was the center of Akron, Ohio, mm-hmm. you know? So, anyway. Yeah, it's a great um, song. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to be a lot more, hopefully a lot more uh, podcasts because there's a lot of songs to pick.
0: Yeah, I, I want to know because, you know, the Pretenders have another song called Brass in Pocket. Because mm-hmm. that, that have you ever listened to lyrics on that song? No. It's called Brass in Pocket. Got Brass in Pocket. I got Bottle. I'm going to use it. Intention. I feel inventive. Going to make you, make you, make you notice. And Got Motion restrained emotion, been driving, Detroit leaning, no reason, just seems so pleasing, going to make you, make you, make you notice, going to use my arms, going to use my legs, going to use my style, going to use my sidestep, going to use my fingers, going to use my, my, my imagination. The hell does that mean?
1: I have no idea, I'm kinda thinking maybe she's having a little fun on her own.
0: I don't know <laughs> the only thing is i got I got brass in pocket. maybe it's talking about like money. I've got some money in my pocket,
1: yeah, I don't know, yeah, but use my fingers know. use my
0: gonna use my style gonna use my sidestep gonna use my <laughs> my my imagination huh, huh. anyways <laughs> thanks. <First. laughs>
1: <laughs> I know all of our, uh, our 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 audience again. The one um, really had a visual there for us. There you go. So, all right,
0: all. Um, <laughs> Beej, uh Our last podcast, we picked the uh, the um, the bowl games.
1: Ooh. Okay.
0: And uh, sadly, that uh, paper was destroyed in the ice storm. So I don't know who won. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> it got destroyed wow. in the ice storm. Wow. Yeah. A tree limb fell on it. Mm. Destroyed it.
1: <laughs> Ripped it into a thousand pieces.
0: <laughs> and then the wind
1: blew it all away.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Can't find it. It's gone. Anyways... Oh, Well, Beez, do you have anything else to add this week? You know, I was thinking
1: today, uh, so or this week or earlier this week, whatever. I was, I was, I was, I was, yeah. But, so are we, we had, we did tailgating like two games last year, right?
0: For football? Yeah. Correct.
1: We we had the one out of Greg's, we had the one at my house. Correct. And I was just thinking, it just came to the realization that last year just totally sucked ass. It did. <laughs> and and that's what I was thinking about. I'm thinking, my God, it's 2021. The 2020, se- 2020 season, it's like, we didn't even go out to research, like not once. I know. And and, and, and mean, I mean, maybe when we were going through it, it didn't hit me, but all of a sudden it did uh, in the last week. And I thought, God, we hadn't been out there. We didn't set up the tent. We, I mean, we did at Greg's house, mm-hmm. but we didn't do it at research. And, now they're talking that we're going to be stuck wearing these goddamn masks until possibly Christmas time. You know? I, I don't know if I want another year without a frickin' tailgater at, in Corvallis.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure. I know I was just reading here that um, Alabama, it says here, Alabama ah, is planning bam. for football, full football stadium in the fall. Good for them. Yep. So they're moving ahead with plans to host full-capacity college football games. Um,
1: well, it's going to take those ballsy schools to actually push it through uh, before bitch little whiny bitch states like Oregon listen. I agree. So because if 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 uh, Kate it down Brown has her way, we'll uh, we'll be be stuck uh, in our houses for the next nine to 12 months.
0: Yeah, I don't. There's going to be a certain point where they're not going to want to turn back. Mm-hmm. They, they can't keep yo-yoing people back and forth. Yeah. So there's got to be a certain point where you just say okay, we're not turning back, put your head down and go.
1: Mhm. So you know, so and, many businesses have been closed. I, I heard somebody say you can't handle the temporary closures. I'm like, "Dude, temporary closures?" It's
0: like been we're a talking year.
1: Mass- yeah, we're talking massive massive business closures. Yeah. And, exactly. and honestly, not only do you have business closures, but you are also screwing over the ability of future entrepreneurs to want to even, I mean, who would want to even consider going into the food industry right now? Yeah. I mean, you, you could say, well, you know, there'll be an opening. Yeah. there, you know, a third of the restaurants have closed. Yeah. But what's to stop the government from being able to do this to you again? Exactly. You know, how much of a reserve do you have to have, you know, to be able to, to cover your costs? I mean, I, I'm on a board of directors for a mall. And in that mall, they, they've got a, a Chinese food restaurant. They've got a, a quick takeout Asian place. Um, they've got two like hair and nail salons. And, you, you know, those businesses, the hair and nail salons were shut down for what, four or five months? Oh, easily, yeah. Yeah. The the fast, the, the, the Chinese food restaurants, they have somewhat of a takeout business, but they relied on dine-in. And that's yeah. been completely removed. Yeah. And, you know, one guy I was talking to one of the, the business owners, we were talking to him during our, our annual meeting and he's taken out a huge personal line of credit to float the business. Yeah. You know, and it's like, it's, it's not just, it's not just, I mean, he's trying to keep his money, his business alive by borrowing more money, Mm -hmm. you know, and he's just burying himself under debt to keep, to to pray to God that they'll let him open up his business again. Yeah. And uh, I don't think people realize, I mean, I guess if you're going to go broke, you might as well go broke big, but that's not his goal. Yeah. So people just want to work. And, yeah. And, and again, the, the, the mall owner, he's, he's adjusted rents yeah. across the board because he still has expenses. He still yeah. has to pay his property taxes. He still has to pay insurance and, and maintenance costs, mm-hmm. but he's adjusted his, uh, his, um, his rents to those uh, kind of, you know, based upon what they're profitability is yeah. you know, or lack thereof.
0: well and the thing and, is he's kind of stuck too because he can't go booting them out because no, who the hell is no. going to want to open up anything
1: well exactly and, and he wants to see them succeed I mean they're all small businesses yeah. so I mean he wants to see them succeed just as much as anybody but uh, you know it's uh, anyway. you know you, they, yeah And you, you know he's got to look at their long term viability too because again if he's keeping them in there and all they are is going to slowly bleed out over time and he's hoping they won't but you just don't know.
0: Alright, Beach. Well, if you've got nothing else, I I got nothing. I think it's time to say thanks for listening to show number one. What did I say? 157?
1: I don't know. I've been I've been one fifty-eight
0: of your legal participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion or ask a question, HeinrichTailgator Gmail dot at Heinrich tailgater on Twitter, Heinrich Tailgater on Facebook. Remember, listen, subscribe, leave a rating and review. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Beach. Billy. Thanks for coming on. We will have to do this again in the next couple weeks. Yes, we,
1: we should do it after a, a good baseball run.
0: Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Sounds good. We can do it quicker. Well, It'll be a shorter show. We won't have so much to talk about.
1: Nothing we have is short, Billy. It's all long. There you go. Huge, right. massive, big, long.
0: Well, let's have to, after a great weekend of... The, being a beeve in the state of oregon let's hope that we got another great weekend of being a beeve in the state of oregon until next time go beeves the purple or, uh, purple
1: I like beer